Welcome back to the Green and Gold Rugby Show for another week. We're the show that's getting you over the game line in the hottest topics of Australian rugby and whether you're listening to us on Eon Sports Radio or directly from our podcast feed, we're just thrilled to have you and also thrilled to have uh, my co-host for the night. I'm Reg Roberts, obviously, and joining me as per usual, I'm Matt Rowley. How are you, Matt? Mate, can you hear that? Um, <laughs> still celebrating. You, <laughs> Cavill, how are you? <laughs> Not as happy as Matt, by the sounds of it. You prefer, you prefer, oh, yours, okay. you prefer yours neat with it on the bottom <laughs> of the rocks, maybe. It's far more fun. All right. <laughs> the Cavill name. <laughs> We're obviously going to get a bit of talk tonight in our five burning questions. And we, we may just touch on that Queensland New South Wales match on Suncorp Stadium briefly, but. One of the talking points out of that game was the return for Maroon from the, for the Queensland team. It was a surprise to most people until they ran out of the tunnel. So the question for you guys to, at the top of the show is, uh, what are the retro rugby ideas would you like to see return uh, for the betterment of the sport in a time where we're trying to improve our game? What would we like to see back? Um, Matt, what's your thoughts here? Uh, the, the KB um, steel rugby can... Um, I think you know it could take us back to a better time, mate. When you know everything. Was oh, you said, I think you said that one as well. <laughs> I think I have definitely said that before. Okay. I think We've got to start taking track of track our notes. What about the Adidas three stripe? Or the, have I said that? Um, I don't think you so. don't mention the cotton jersey. But is it, was it cotton? It was probably polyester back then. Polyester, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, there you go. There's my two. I have to see if they can. Oh, can't see if I come up with a new one. Go on then, Cavill. I mean, the thing about Cavill's, Cavill, like, you know, what, 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 well, retro, what retro could Cavill's be? He's not old yeah. enough to have retro. Well, you know, well, he's, you know, you know my concept, Matt, it's, it's the concept of winning. It's the retro <laughs> concept I'd like to see come back. It's quaint, I know, but it's even I can remember that. Yeah, um, that is very quaint, yeah. You must have been I mean, I suppose if I, had, if I had to say one, it's probably... Um, I'd like to see the return to uh, animal mascots, actual animals. You know, uh, Off. You know yeah. bomb the dog, let's get Bomber the dog back. Let's, you know, an actual Brumby in, in, in the Brumbies. So, you know, before there was a, you know, OHNS was an issue and animal rights was yeah. an issue. And I think sacrifice that's, them, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Bomber could be playing in the back line for the Reds, uh, the way things are going. So <laughs> Please, please, please. <laughs> The late great bomber, please. But show him some respect. We do have Red Dog, and we uh, we noticed anyone who was at the game on the weekend. He's he's learning the bomber tricks. He is practicing taking the kicking tee out in the field. He's not quite ready for game preparations, but Red Dog will be there. I give him twelve months, and uh, if we ever score a try, he might uh, be able to take the uh, the kicking tee on for the Reds. Uh, yes, like like much of the Red squad, give him twelve months, and <laughs> <laughs> we're building, we're building. <laughs> um, Look, the two that I like, and, and, and I wrote this down, and genuinely, like afternoon footy I love. Yeah, I, I think there should just be more of it. I don't know when you fit it in with school rugby and club rugby, but maybe it's Sunday afternoon. Those Sunday afternoons at Ballymore were sensational. Mm. And, and in line with that, tour matches. So, and, and interestingly, I actually saw the Reds next year, I think for that June-July window, which changes a bit with the test window changing, they're actually trying to get some tour matches in. So trying to get, whether it be a Scotland or an Ireland, out to play even if it's a 15, you know, a second 15, to play the Reds at Ballymore. And I think that's a fantastic concept. And you guys love your North Sydney Oval. I'm sure if the Waratahs, and even if it was the Waratahs minus the Wallabies, um, which wouldn't be many left, I would imagine. It's probably just Sydney University or probably Gordon at that stage. <laughs> um, taking on, you know, uh, any international team. I think that'd be a great afternoon, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, that's, that'd be a cracker. All right, so let us know your thoughts. Send us, uh, send us along on social media, comment in the post, or send us a Twitter on GAGR. We'd love to know your thoughts on your, you know, your throwback, retro rugby. What do we do to bring it back? Um, shall we get on to these burning questions, guys? I'm looking forward to them. Yeah, let's go. The, uh, Did I mention mustache? Yeah. Sorry? Mustache. Yeah. Did I mention those yeah. last time? Did you see the Auckland Blues-Brumbies game, mate? Oh, I did, yeah. The guy with the chops. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He's doing everything he could to bring it back. Um, all right, quick, I'll run through these questions before we get stuck in. So question number one, were the Reds robbed? Uh, question two, no, hold your, hold your, oh, sorry. Hold your fire. I've got two pages of notes here ready to go. Um, which, which is the better race in the Australian conference at the moment? The race for first or the race for last? Which is closer? Which are, are we not so sure about? Um, question three, if a team gets cut in Super Rugby Aussie team, should, our, should the foreign player policy be cut as well? Um what um, what's the most damning stat in Australian rugby at the moment? Question four, and then finally, 
onto our Wallaby selections again. Who plays wing for the Wallabies? So I don't know how we start this. We're going back to question one, and, and were the Reds Rob? And I, I don't know whether I want to go first speaker or last, but Hugh... Red, Red I, I think you should go, yeah, Red, you I think you should out, go first you speaker. Should, so I'll pose the out. question to the, to the group. Um, were the Reds robbed? Uh, Reg, any comments? No, I think it was a good close marching. Full credit to the Waratahs for playing really well. I'm really, I um, tell us look, what you really think, mate. Come on. <laughs> look, look. I will preface it by saying the Reds have a discipline issue. They have all year. The yellow cards have been uh, ridiculous, and they gave away dumb penalties. Isaiah Parisi at the top of the pack with that ridiculous. Um, Blatant uh, foul right on half time, and Sefa Hagazi early in the game. But yes, the Reds were robbed. Uh, Hugh, you on social media, I think whether it was the next day or that night, I don't know. Um, all those tweets, thousands of tweets, blurred into to one at some stage there. But you know, yes, yeah, yeah, said the Waratahs were the better team and all that sort of stuff. And I watched the, re- I was there at the game, and I and I watched the replay, and I, I just can't believe that that was the Reds game. Even despite the penalties, that was the Reds' game. And what kept us out, and people continually say the Reds blew it with their game management, they couldn't get out of their 22, they couldn't get out of their half. And while that may have been a factor to some degree, why we couldn't get out of the game, uh, out of our 22 and a half, was some of those ridiculous penalties from uh, Paul Williams, the referee. But more so, more so, was the fact he did not penalise the Waratahs at the same state. And I could not believe it when I was watching this replay Oh, and, and and this is my issue mostly with it. They, and there are the dumb penalties, Parisi and Seth. There were the obviously wrong decisions. That Samu penalty against Samu Karevi at the kickoff um, uh, after the restart of one of the tries, I don't know, when he penalised Karevi for, I don't know, taking out Falau in the air when he was clearly going for the ball. Ridiculous. When he penalised Scott Higginbotham for um, making contact in the line-out when he run a beautiful line-out against the plate. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, the one-sided stuff, the, the stuff where he just didn't consider the uh, the not even looking at the Waratahs. Phipps' try, you know, I respect there are 50-50 calls, but he was on the complete wrong side of the rock, ruck there. There is no way. We all saw the ball was at the back, if anything. The only time he got to see the ball was on the ground was that everyone got up and left Phipps as the last person there. Ridiculous. Phipps not releasing the ball on the ground when Edo Mabuli chases through the kick. You know, not even... Edo played that perfectly. Stood, allowed him to play the ball, got his hands on the ball. Phipps rolled, 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 finally placed it back. Outrageous. Hooper, Hooper winning the penalty. And this is my frustration. The, the inconsistency. So I'll start at the beginning. Simmons, in about the fifth minute of the game... You really do penalized. have a full page here, yeah, mate, I, no, I am ridiculous. <laughs> I am, there are things here. Hoop, uh, uh, Simmons gets penalised for a high tackle, t- high tackle in the third minute of the game, I think it is. Right. Exactly. And, and again, okay, legit penalty. But exactly a minute before that, Kepu swings, you know, a nice swinging arm on, oh, I forget who it was, on a Parisi it was. So a high tackle, not regarded. Uh, the scrum rulings. Queensland were all over in the scrums. Rock solid on our feed. Rock solid. Waratahs couldn't feed them. As soon as the Waratahs started... You know, it was their feed. The scrum was for ambling all over the place. Tarve, when he came on, again, hands on the ground, couldn't... We didn't get a scrum penalty all match. Waratah's got a couple of scrum penalties and a free kick. Just couldn't read that scrum. And again, the 50-50 calls went the Waratahs. Smith versus Hooper at the, at the, at the breakdown. Smith, how he plays the game, the rulings of these breakouts, he's hand on the ball and he's fighting for it. Waratah's getting, aren't getting free, fighting for it, fighting. Finally... After, you know, 10, 20 seconds, the ball comes free, he plays on. Great, well won. Hooper gets his hands on the ball, sits there holding the ball for 5, 10 seconds and gets the penalty call. You know, why is that? Why isn't Smith getting that penalty and able to clear the ground? No, nah, but Hooper gets, a, gets to run off it. The Higgins line-out call, first line-out of the match, I think it is. So Higgins barely touches whoever the Waratah jumper is. Barely touches him and gets penalised. Wins a beautiful ball. First line out of the match, I think Simmons wins, wins the ball. And I think it's Michael Wells. Literally hooks his arm around uh, uh, Simmons' arm and pulls him down. No penalty. And, but just look in the last two minutes of the match. Um, Murphy's high tackle. Fair enough. High tackles. One of those dodgy, ridiculous ones. Where the defenders... Oh, sorry, the attackers are falling down. He's basically in the ground. Murphy's going down too. But he, he connects with the head and Murphy knows he's done something wrong. As soon as he hits with the head, he sort of recoils the arm. Literally a minute later, Will Skelton on Quade Cooper whacks him on the nose. 
20 metres out, right in front of the goalpost, would have drawn the match. No, no penalty whatsoever. That's my issue. All I want from a match official, and I don't rant on match officials. I, you know, I barely know who they are most of the games. But this guy was ridiculous. All I want is for equal rules to be applied by both teams. And in this situation, and I've got a few more, but I won't bother going into them. I just thought it was outrageous. And that was the reason we couldn't get momentum. We couldn't get out of our half. Um, and, you know, didn't win the match that we fully deserve to win. <laughs> that, that's, that's Have we got time for any more? Quality rant. You've done your... Uh, wow. No, no, no wonder you were incommunicado for the last hour or two. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get some, tech, some tweets across to you, and uh, you're obviously just furiously scribbling. Um, Hugh, come on then, mate. You gonna you gonna come back or? Oh, uh, you go. You, well, you go. Well, I suppose I was called yeah, out there in, in the in the in the tweets. There wasn't I. I mean, yeah. well, look, I I um I missed this. I, I was out uh, on the Saturday night, but um watched the recording on on the Sunday morning. I had no idea what the score was, what the what controversies were. Um, it um, and and it, it in many ways. And I, look, I take Reg's points. I thought the game was poorly refereed, no doubt. Um, and, I, and I think, I don't know if the Reds were robbed, but I certainly under, I think they've got a right to feel aggrieved. Um, certainly that penalty counts lopsided, and, and, and Reg, I think, was pretty much right. I, I don't think you can find... But there's a few questionable decisions, I thought, but especially in that last 20 minutes when, when the game was, was on the line, I don't think you could really find fault in, in the penalties that, that uh, Paul Williams blew. Um, you know, most of them were, you know, fair enough, I thought. But... but um, they were, you know, certainly the Waratahs got off got off a bit lightly, and there were a few, as, as well as a few missed knock-ons and that sort of thing that all seemed yeah. to go the Waratahs' way. All everything went the Waratahs' way, no doubt. Um, should the Reds, you know, did the Reds have enough chances to win the game? I think they probably did, and they and the fact that they didn't take them is is still you know problematic. And and the Waratahs in the end, stepped up and probably had that class edge in the last 20 minutes. I mean, in a way, it reminded me of, of, of the Wallabies playing England, uh, where, you know, it's, when I put out on Twitter that uh, that um, I thought the Waratahs were the better team and deserved to win, um, yeah, the, the responses that came back to me were sort of symptomatic of the Australian rugby um, view of the world, and, and, and especially when we play teams like England, which is, oh, well, you know, it was four tries to two to Queensland, or look at the stats, you know, we had more possession and more territory and more line breaks, and that's great, that's fantastic, but that's not how we award rugby games. And there's, you know, uh, Bernard Foley was ruthlessly kicking those uh, penalties over, much like Owen Farrell was uh, last year, and... and um, so, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. And, and, and the way that the Waratahs took every one of the chances that they were offered in that second half and slowly eked ahead. And, and you know, in, in the last 10 minutes, the Reds just couldn't put anything together. And, and look, I acknowledge Quake Cooper was playing on one leg. Um, and that was that, in the end, ended up making a difference. Um, and the Queensland forwards, in my mind, were probably a little bit better than the Waratah forwards. But... Uh, I felt like the Waratahs just got over the hump in that last 20 minutes. And when the game was on the line and, there were, and, and the scores were even and the game was there to be won, yeah, they got a few decisions, no doubt. But uh, I, I think they probably finished with a little bit more um, gas in the tank than what Queensland did. So I, I think the Reds weren't robbed. But, um, but at the same time, I, I, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily going to uh, say that... that um, yeah, everything was fine for them. I think they got a little bit. They got. I don't know if, you know, their house wasn't burgled, but certainly, you know, it's, maybe someone went through their mail. But someone you know? did take their like laptop. someone took someone took their their their, their courier mail off the front step, kind of thing. <laughs> <On the laptop. laughs> um, but but it was very nice about it the next day and gave it back. <laughs> oh mate, I think in Queens and up here you do more damage if if you give someone a career mail than take their career mail away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can I can endorse that. Look, um, ah, uh, look. Uh, so I, I uh, as someone said, mate, I was fishing with dynamite that night uh, <laughs> with, with my tweet afterwards, <laughs> and I probably was. Um, but and uh, I did have a couple of reds uh, in me, uh, as in the wine. Uh, not anything else. Yeah, I was going to say, that's gross. <laughs> uh, but uh, this, is a, this is a family podcast. Um, 
Yeah, and look, as I was watching it, and any time I walk away, you know, those sorts of games that we seem to be able to generate, the, the Wallabies, where we, we get on the wrong end of those sorts of penalty counts, I always walk away for fuming. So in retrospect, I can see exactly why you feel the way you do, Reg. But then mm. having said that, whenever we do those things, you know, a day later, I tend to kind of go, bloody hell, why do we always keep, why do we keep doing this? And that was my question, really, which was, yes, was it 16-4, I think, was the penalty count in the end? Yeah, someone said five. I reckon it was only four. I think that's right, mate, 16-4. Yeah, 16-4 and a half. And, um, you know, anything like that feels totally lopsided. But the one thing is that I think the Reds just gave away so many dumb ones. Um, and if you kind of go, well, I don't think I don't think the Tars gave away so many absolutely, completely obviously dumb penalties. I think they played... Mate, they only gave away four penalties in the match, according to Paul Williams, and how many of them could be dumb? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, like I, you know, if you if you kind of then bump up, let's say there are, let's say there are a number of decent penalties the Reds should have given away, and then you inject the four yep. or five plus the potential yellow card from what's-his-name and, you know, all those sorts of things, you kind of go, well, suddenly that's kind of bumped up that number anyway. Um, but anyway, look, I, I won't get into... But, when I was watching it live with my Waratahs sunglasses on, um, you know, I, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, that was absolutely, oh, wow, we got away with that one. Like, that was a turning point penalty or miss um, for an amazing try. And, and so when I tweeted my thing, which was fishing with dynamite, and someone came back and said, oh, well, Hooper made that turnover, which led to a, eventually led to a try. And then I think they tried to say that Hooper's. Um, Try. try it was actually you know uh, blocking or something yeah it? which was I rewatched that I couldn't see it anyway. no, it's a beautiful I, I, I tried to watch it a few times to try to pick something out of it but no, it was a beautiful <laughs> try <laughs> and so so where I got to was I mean I can see your point which is they couldn't get out of their half because of those penalties but I, I didn't see anything completely obvious like those sorts of ones that we always get against the Kiwis where they score a try off something outrageous like a back row move which is just completely illegal yeah. you know, I, I couldn't see any of those so that was that. I guess that's where I came away, you know, sort of going. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure about that. Having said that, I mean, you know, there was some great stuff in the Reds. So I can see where you're pretty pissed off because, I mean, they were opening the Tars up there. Um, yeah, they were, weren't they? In, in the first half, and I tell you what, uh, Luke and Tui. Mm. Wow, what a coming of age game that was. He was. Yep. He was barnstorming, wasn't he? Yeah, he was fantastic. The Sunny Boy, uh, Sunny Bank local. We, well, I think he plays for South now. In fact, but you know, true and true, true uh, Queenslander. He loves his Milton mangoes and Bundy rum and all that sort of stuff, Lucan. And but uh, he was fantastic. He, look, interesting. And we've got here and Isaac Rota coming, Rota coming through the system. Two twenty-year-old monsters of lock, and who you can see making a great combination. Two is a, a real big ball runner, run a physical unit, isn't he? Just mm. you know, made some great meters, bit of an athlete, and, and Rota's more your workhorse sort of thing. But uh, yeah, that was a, a coming of age match for Lucan. No, definitely. So, mate, I mean, I guess probably. Um... Who else kind of stood out for you, though, in the, in the Queensland performance? Oh, look, and, you know, I, I guess going back to um, Hugh's comment where he thought there were some key um, matchups uh, that the Waratahs run, and, and absolutely Foley was better than Cooper with a bit of an asterisk over Cooper's um, injury, but I don't want to... I don't want to take away from Foley, and Cooper did some really bad things, but I thought everyone else was dominant Queensland. Um, but look, George Smith, how about that battle? Smith versus Hooper. Yeah. Um, and, and Hooper, obviously strong running game still, but also was very good on the ball. But, you know, Smith, what is he? I don't know, 35 or something like that? Yeah. He was sensational. I mean, massive in defence. I think he gave away two penalties head high, um, but I think four or five steals, but really strong in defence. And he was, mate, he was epic. He, he was fantastic um, for us work, at seven. His work rate was amazing. He was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how was, you do that at that age. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was probably Steve Moore's best game, um, and even then he didn't stand out. And then and obviously a Carmichael Hunt at fullback was just mm. fantastic. And, and, you know, I think that... You know, I think that seals the deal as a fullback position for the Wallabies. I, I think Falau went missing, and I thought Hunt was uh, a, a, just an absolute danger man. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, where does that put Falau? Well, I mean, uh, and, and for the Waratahs, I think, um, you know, a, a few guys had, had good games. I think it was actually a really good game. I mean, Yeah, it was, it was, wasn't it? Yep. It was great to watch both sides, you know, a lot of attacking intent shown. Um, and, you know, it was a skills 
were okay, not 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 great, but it was still good to watch. And uh, I thought Dave Horwitz had, had his best game for the yep. season at number twelve, and he's very hot and cold. But you feel like his overall standard might be improving, and and he had some beautiful touches um, in in that game. Um, but yet, yeah, look, it continues to be the Hooper Foley show for the yeah. Waratahs, and Hooper and Smith just going toe to toe was a bit of a throwback to the old war war days. I think in in, in many ways that they were um they were both had great games. I thought. Um, and look, the Waratahs tight five problems I think are still there, but um, I thought you know Bernard Foley just corralling that backline really nicely, um, and uh, look, it, it was um, it, it, and Will Skelton off the bench I've got to say too, he, he, that's yeah. his, I just wonder if that's his role, and we might see him for the Wallabies as well, even though I know he's going overseas. That impact off the bench and that ability to get over the game line, which he still has. Uh, when he comes on fresh in, in you know, the 65th minute. So, um, yeah, look, look. I think just to finish off on the ref and maybe move us on, you know, someone pointed out, well, you know, this is Queensland, New South Wales. Why don't we get a, you know, Angus Gardner or, or a Glenn Jackson or someone, you know, someone that's clearly not just a, a junior ref. But, you know what, <laughs> when the teams are coming last and second last, I don't know if you that's, can really complain about uh, yeah, the quality of officials yeah. that you come. I mean, it's a bit like uh, the old story. I think I've, I've, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but um, uh, once in my uh, low-grade sub, he's had a ref come over and do, a, do the spiel before the game. And he said... Gents, uh, I'm not a very good ref, but, but you're not very good players, so I think we'll be okay. <laughs> so I think I wonder if it was a case of of that uh, that same scenario in uh, on the game on Saturday. Where's he? Where's he from, by the way? The the the, the ref. Uh, well, his name's Paul Williams. I can only assume he is Matt Williams' son. Former <laughs> <laughs> Waratah coach. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe this is it. Finally, we found a Kiwi who can't perform in Super Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, he still managed to beat one of the Aussie teams, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Like, it was a great game, and that was, uh, I think, it sort of, you know, it, it's what we wanted out of a, a local derby, um, eh, sort of, you know, other than that final result. <laughs> um, but it, what it has done, lads, is, is this Australian conference on the back of those other results in the weekend and the... Uh, the Rebels getting smashed uh, over there in South Africa and the Blues beating the Brumbies and the force going down as well as it's made this whole Australian conference, you know, just, uh, you know, no more clearer. And I guess the question is, is what's more, the more interesting race, the race to the top of the Australian conference or the race to the bottom? Which is the, the closer race, Hugh, in terms of who's going to uh, finish where? What's your feeling on, on that Oz conference? Well, they're both pretty tightly contested, aren't they? Um, the, the, the Brumbies and the Waratahs look to be competing for the top spot, but really, everyone's still in, in the hunt. I mean, you've got to think, if someone can snag a win against a foreign side, which is looking increasingly unlikely, um, but, you know, the, I think the Brumbies are, what, three wins? Uh, and I think the Waratahs are on, I want to say, three as well. Yeah, yeah so um, at the moment, just going through, so the Brumbies are on 18 points, Waratahs 13, the Reds are on 11, which surprised me, the Force are nine and the Rebels are seven. Well, there you go. So I think every team has a chance of coming both first and last. Um, I've got to say, I think last, as much as as much as I hate to say it, I think the Force might might have that spot. I, I watched them play on on um, on Saturday night. Um, sorry, on, on well, I watched them on Sunday morning. But it 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 was um, they they play with so much courage and heart. But really, they're fielding an NRC team, you know. Yeah. They've had so many injuries, as they always tend to do, and they just don't have the depth there, and they're without McCalman and Haylett Petty and Coleman, and, and yeah, they're, they're wallabies, they're classy wallabies. And so they're left with some blokes that are, that are legitimately, you know, um, you know, fourth or fifth string, you would say. And a guy called, um, they had a winger whose name was Verity Yam, who, yeah, you know, yeah. I follow rugby pretty closely in this country, and I've never heard of that guy. And, yeah. and that's, you know, not to have a dig at him or, or the force generally. It's just a testament to where they're at in terms of their, um, the players, the, the sort of players that they're fielding. And, and to, for, so to field a, an NRC team against the Super Rugby finalists and come away, you know, they were in that game for the first 75 minutes of it. Um, it's a pretty laudable performance. On the other hand, the Rebels, um, you know, albeit with similar injury problems, um, sort of phoned it in against the Kings and... Um, yeah, uh, I I watched some of that game, but in, in the end, turned it off in something. Well, they I mean they went into that without a backup scrum half, and then what happens? Twenty minutes in, Sturzak is injured, so they've 
They got a call. I think I forget who ended up playing Harper. Was it Mick Colby Foden. playing? Or, well, yeah, no, Mick, oh, right, yeah. But Derzaka went down in the warm up, and then Mick oh, Foden right, sorry, the right, yep, went yeah, down yeah. the game. Yeah, so, that's uh, right. So just a debacle. Not ideal, so, Matt, but I think there'll be a few. There'll be a few tabbies in the close closing stage of the comp, which will decide it. But I've got to say, in terms of the better race, I'm I'm obviously keen for the first the race between first. But uh, I think the Brumbies one one more win. Might, might seal it for them, but uh, I hope the Waratahs can make it interesting. Yeah, the fir- I mean, the first is really f- vital. Forget the whole, you know, finals thing, but it's financially really important. That team hosts a quarterfinal, you know, and it's an extra game that they host yeah. and they get the money for it. I remember, you know, it's it, probably not a full house for any of these teams anymore, unfortunately, but it's it's upwards of half a million dollars to their to their bank balance, which is, you know, pretty significant. Matt, I'll, let me just quickly go through the, the run-in for these teams because yeah. it's actually pretty important. So the Brumbies are on top at 18. They've got they're about to go away. So they've got the Lions, the Kings, and the Jaguars all the way, and then they've got the Rebels at home, Reds away, and Chiefs away to finish with. So I reckon they've got a pretty tough run. Maybe a couple of wins there. The Tars we talked about these last week. Not too bad. So they've got the Blues at home this week. Then they've got the Rebels at home. Then they've got a couple of away games with the Kiwis, Highlanders, and Chiefs. Never easy, but they've got the Jaguars at home. But then that last one versus the Force in Perth. Um, which is massive. But, you know, maybe three games there. Reds have got the Chiefs away this weekend, so good luck there. Uh, they've got a Rebels away game, a Force home game, a Blues away game, but that's actually in Samoa and Apia. Um, so perhaps not so much the home ground advantage. Uh, and then the Brumbies at home, and they finish with the Highlanders away. So tough, but they might be able to snag a couple of wins there. Force have the... So they're away as well. Sharks and Jaguars away. Then they've got the Highlanders at home, the Reds away, the Hurricanes at home, the Rebels at home, and the Waratahs at home. So the Rebels and Force both have an extra game left. Rebels at the bottom have got the Lions at home, Reds at home, Waratahs away, Crusaders at home, Brumbies away, Force away, and Jaguars at home. So I reckon they've got a win, maybe two left in there, but I'm with you, Hugh. I don't think the Force have got anything left in them, unfortunately. Matt, which, you know, where do you think, who do you, who do you think will finish top and tail of the Aussie Conference? Well, look, I, I, I think that, <laughs> I think that uh, top spot um, between the Brumbies and the Waratahs is the interesting one. I actually think that mm. I, I don't think those two runs are that different um, in, t- in terms of you know quality. There's a there's a bit of quality in there, but they've also let's be honest, they've got a few Aussie teams as well. Um, so I think that's going to be fascinating, and I suspect that's going to come down to the wire. Um, the, the Brumbies, who I thought early in the season had their shit together, are unraveling fast. Um, in, in these last couple of games, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's just not working for them. Whereas I think the Tars seem to be having a seem to have a bit of steel coming back into their game. Um, so I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. The Reds, look, I'd, I'd like to say we saw patches on the weekend. I just think, yeah. I think it's too little, too late um, for them to mm. really um, make it in there. And, and it also, it's, it's flashes, you know. They don't seem to mm. be able to put anything mm. together for a game. Look, if there's any justice in this world, the Western Force will not come last in this conference. <laughs> the, way, mm. the way that they've been playing versus the way that the, the Rebels have been playing. I'm, you know, you, you look at those points, though, um, and... Um, it's, you just don't like, you know. There aren't then. It's nine versus seven competition points, uh, with the Force having won two um, from eight, the Rebels having won one from eight, but the Rebels having a minus two hundred and one for and against versus fifty-seven for the Force. Um, so if there's any justice in this world, I mean, the Reds have got a. The, both the Reds and the Waratahs have got worse points differences than the than the Force. Um, so if there's any justice in this world, the, the Western Force are not coming coming last, and I suspect they won't. I think they'll grab a couple of wins, including maybe a final one against the Tars, for God's sake. God, yeah, that'll be a fantastic one. Just pity we. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about doing a uh, egg chaser style uh, live podcast from Perth, Matt? Wow, well, that last game. Oh wow, yeah, okay. <laughs> we get World Rugby to back us. Well, let's get, you know, we're very popular in Perth. Maybe the, the Save the Force campaign can just go on hold for a week and people can fundraise to bring Green and Gold Rugby over to Perth oh, and we can broadcast from over there. I, I can hear the money coming in now you've mentioned it. <laughs> it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll flood, absolutely flood in. Mate, so how, well, how, do you, how are you seeing this run out now, this, this conference? Well, I actually thought, like, I th- like, I'm concerned about the Brumbies. I mean, they're away for three games in South Africa and, and, and Argentina. 
Um, and the impact on those tours is pretty substantial. So mm-hmm. I, um, I, I'm concerned that they can ho- if they can hold off the Waratahs. I, I think the Waratahs are pretty good. They do play two New Zealand teams, whereas the Brumbies only play one. I think it's a battle between those two um, for that top of the ladder, and that's that's pretty crucial. But, but, I mean, but, um, but, 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 the, but the Lions are a damn good team now, and the Kings away yeah, yeah, they are easy. And, yeah. and the Jag, and then so you go from the Kings to the Jaguars. I mean, yeah, wow, yeah. what what a, what a what a trip that is. Um, so yeah. oh yeah, and who's their final game? Did you say? The Their Brumbies? final game versus the, the no, they they play the Rebels, Reds, and then final game is Chiefs away. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's gone. You're not winning that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, they're going to have to do really well on that road on that road trip. They are. Yeah. Um. Anyway. um all right. We should keep going, guys. Um. And uh, one of the discussion points that's going on in the forum at the moment is people start looking to, as <laughs> a very Australian perspective, start looking for to season two eighteen and which players they should keep and which players they should lose is about these foreign players. So we're going to cut a team. We assume unless something drastic happens. Once we cut this team to four teams, should the focus be solely on Australian players, eligible players? Should we be cutting foreign marquees? But I guess even more so, should we be cutting those foreign development players? The um, Nick Mayu, oh, I don't think he's, in, he's a development guy from the Brumbies, but the you know the two Kiwi halfbacks for the Rebels and Brumbies, should they be told to to, uh, to find their uh, uh, play their wares elsewhere now that we're uh, reducing the player pool? What, what do you think, Matt? Well, look, won't that just naturally happen? I mean. Um, you know, everyone's got a certain limitation on foreign players, right? You can you only allow so many in the squad. Um, I'm trying to remember how many it is. Correct. Yeah. Look. Can't. Yeah. I think. I, yeah. I think the Force and Rebels have got some sort of leeway there, but um, but correct, there is a cap. Yes. Exactly. So I mean, you know, and so if we're taking um, you know one of the Force or the Rebels out, I mean that would be the natural place. I mean, I think a lot of those sort of tenuous saffers and whatever else I think um, would naturally kind of disappear from the force, for example, um, if, they, mm. if, they, if they were to come in. So, uh, yeah, I would I would imagine that I'm not sure it's something that you'd need to, to enforce, so to speak. I think it would just sort of naturally happen and then, then you'd get those people kind of redistrib- redistributed. But as Hugh was saying, I mean, fairly worryingly, it's looking more like an NRC team um, than it is, and which actually kind of leads me into... A bit of a rant, but I don't know if you guys want me to open up on that now. Or, or yeah, yeah, uh, go for it, mate. Not, it's well, been a good couple of questions since we tried a rant. Yeah, well, look, yeah, you, you, yours from the top. Um, we've had a bit of a, you know, enough time in between. Um, look, I'll, something came to me super clear as I was watching. Um, oh, which which match was it? I think it was. You know, yeah, me and a mate were having a chat um, watching the Reds Tars game, and it just became super clear to me that the only way that super rugby and Australian rugby at super level gets back to anywhere is with three teams. So I know we're having massive blood letting and wrangling out and you know wrenching of hands or whatever over losing just one. And I feel to whichever team that happens to and, to, and all their supporters. So it sounds like I'm a total bastard now saying we should lose two. But what became really, really clear to me, if you look in perspective as far as our talent profile and what we can actually do, for Super Rugby to mean anything and for it to be back to a competition in this country that people could give a damn about watching, it, we really can only do it with three teams. And, you know, if you can for a minute, and I'm sorry to all those guys, and, you, you know, obviously that's going to be the force and the rebels. So I'm sorry to everyone who's, um, you know, who gets impacted by that. But, and the reason where this comes from is in, in the business that I work in, which is in sort of, is in um, publishing and especially within digital publishing, what's become clear is what has stuffed publishing is that everybody chased um, basically numbers. Everybody went, especially when social media came along, everyone said, right, we're just, it's going to be a race for scale, right? And what happened by doing that was, and, and, and everyone figured, because at some stage, we'll figure out how to monetize it. So we'll just get as many people as we yeah. can, especially through social media, and at some stage, we'll figure out how to flick a switch, and they'll all be worth lots of money, and we'll make out like bandits. Well, their problem was everyone else spotted it, and so everyone did it. And what that did was it absolutely, A, no one really figured out how to flick that switch, but B, even if they kind of had, it wouldn't have mattered because... There was now, there was just so much volume that it had completely devalued it, 
And I don't know if people have seen, but there's some really interesting articles going around just last week um, about how sports rights, which had been that one TV right that was worth money, are now being are now shaken. So ESPN have laid off 100 um, mm. staff members, and these aren't just like randoms. These are like high-paid, highly visible people, you know. And for ESPN, which is you know, this, and and everyone's all the analysis is because they've overpaid. They've overpaid for, overpaid for basketball. I think it's basketball and um, NFL, and because people are realizing, basically, there is just too much sport. Um, and it's not worth what people thought it was. And everyone's now looking at the Australian sports market and going, yeah, if you think about it, it's just gone nuts. There is just mm. so much that you can now watch. Um, it's not got the same value that it, sh- that it used to have. And you can't stretch this thing forever. And we've hit it. And I think most of us kind of intuitively knew there had to be a point at which you hit it. And you said, well, you've just stretched it too far. And that is just where we are with Super Rugby. And the only way back, and I'm, so I'm not just talking from an Australian sports point of view or Australian super team. I mean, I think for the whole comp, um, you know, I, I am just hoping those, but I, 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 I don't know what it looks like, but those same consultants who kind of said, oh, you just keep stretching this thing forever and you'll make a fortune. Hopefully someone's flipped it on its head. Hopefully they're looking at the same numbers and, they get the same thing, which is you've just stretched this thing far too thin and the only way it works is by taking it back. And actually, you've, you could potentially create a competitive advantage in market by, mm. you know, at the same time while everyone's going, oh, we just need to make more BB, you know, more Big Bash League and everything else, you turn this into something that's, you know, super, super um, competitive, um, super interesting, and actually you generate cash out of it that way. Because that's what publishers are now doing. They're realizing... They realise that the numbers game doesn't work anymore, and you actually um, have to get into offering something in value. And that's what hit me like a ton of bricks on the weekend. And I just think that's where we got to get to. Yeah, the quality over quantity. We might have to reword this question to make it a broadcast question because there's interesting points to make there, Matt. And you look at some of the recent news stories coming out about Channel Ten and their financial woes, despite and you know on top of paying big bucks for the BBL and Channel Nine being advised to cut their cricket broadcast. Um, uh, as, a, as an option from their shareholders, which might just be a bit of, um, I guess, playful contract uh, work there. But uh, it's definitely a, a significant issue that uh, the world sports coming up to. Yeah, well, and definitely. And so, look, I, you know, you guys tell me, am I crazy? But can you can't? But you know, how could you not think that it would be a more exciting competition with going back to three Australian teams? Yeah, I, I, well, I don't know if it'd be more exciting, and I get what you're saying, but look, I think that we've got certainly capacity to do four teams, and I think looking at the gains that we've got in 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 Western in 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 Western Australia, especially, I'd be loath to cut that, um, even though we might from five to four. I think there's more to the game, I suppose, Matt, than than just uh, than just getting a big TV deal and uh, potentially. Uh, so and and winning on uh, winning Super Rugby as as much as I know I've argued that in the past I think that 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 getting people playing rugby in 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 outposts like either one of West Australia or Melbourne I think we can afford one not both um, that uh, you know there's a you know we're a game fundamentally and if we can spread rugby and and have more people playing rugby in those parts of the country then I think it's 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 worth doing. No, so, so uh, but I, I, I take your point on, on TV rights so quickly, just to mention that the A-League, you know, which has always been touted as this sort of great challenger to, to rugby specifically, but, you know, all sports, and, and no, one, no one wants their... No one on free-to-air wants them. Uh, I think they might end up on the ABC for, for change because they thought they'd, they'd go to 10 or they thought they'd get 7 as a, as a rival to the Big Bash. And, and actually... Um, and actually... Seven spent all their money on AFL. Nine spent all their money on league and cricket. Ten have spent. Ten have got no money to begin with, so they're they're out in the cold. Um, and and it's it's interesting to see that. I think that rugby. We might look at that last TV deal we did. I think which lasts us until twenty twenty, um, as as something of you know the the the, uh, the the sun setting on a golden era of TV rights money, and it might be a lot harder from then. But if you guys look at, I think you'll see, like, you know. 
So, you know, moving to the force, you know, even back when it was just four teams, really, did it, did it really add to the real value of Super Rugby? Um, and, you know, and we know they never got above eight. I think, it, I think it added to the general, the value of rugby generally. I'm not sure Super Rugby, but I think, you know, and, and there's no doubt looking at what's happened with this sea of the the sea of blue thing. That 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 yes, I, I grant you that it, that it might not aid Super Rugby in and of itself, but I think there's a broader there's a broader picture you have to look at. So, so this is where my mate got to, and he said, "So why don't you have two tiers?" And he's he's basically like, you know, um, you should have a second. We should have a second tier of Super Rugby, and because yeah, your comment. But who, who, who watches the second tier? I've thought about this too. Mm. I mean, this mm. splitting off into a Div One, Div Two. But I mean, I don't. I think who gives a shit about the second? Sorry for the language. Mm. Who gives? Who gives a rats about the second tier? I don't think anyone would watch it. It's just so mate, it's sort we, of that's what we got now. But the only problem is all of Australia, is it? Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. That, that's true. <laughs> so, so your if your argument is you got to keep these people because you got to develop, then it's like yeah, great. Have you know, have the Sunwolves in there, have the Force in there, have the Rebels in there, and if you're saying it's important for the development, then fund it. But what you're currently doing is diluting anything that anyone wants to actually watch or, or is in any sort of way an actual competition because this thing right now is not a competition. It's an abs- it's, an, it's a fast, and actually our teams are playing in that fast. Um, and the only way you yeah. get that back to some sort of competition is if you had three Aussie teams... Who could actually duke it out, and then yeah, fine. You know, we still got the force. We've still got the rebels. You've got the Sun Wolves. You've got the. It's probably not the Jaguars actually, but you know, you've got some of those crazy South African teams doing what they're doing. Um, but in truth, and if you can't, you know, if you can't keep that, then then cut it. But yeah, that's anyway. It was in. It was. It was just a. The, the, that second bowl of red wine really made sense on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, look, I get it. Yeah, I, I, but second tier stuff worries me in promotion and relegation. But the big thing you said there is you, you got to fund the development of it, and that was never done, unfortunately. Look, we're running out of time, and there's still yeah. a couple of questions left. And and I guess on the back of that question, Hugh is is you know we heard a lot of um, uh, you know the quality ranting from there, Matt, but the most damning stat in Australian rugby at the moment. I guess what inspired me about this question this week is one of our uh, very loyal listeners uh, at Bigsy Kenway um, just tweeted uh, a screenshot he took of, I think, from a fantasy rugby page or something like that. And it just showed the last five games of form of each of the Aussie teams and in comparison with the New Zealand teams. And, you know, in the last five round, the five Aussie teams have won one, two, three, four, five, six games total. Whereas you look at the Kiwi teams, Crusaders undefeated, Chiefs dropped one, Hurricanes undefeated, Highlanders undefeated, and the Blues have dropped two. So, yeah, just in terms of a snapshot, I know it's not a pure stat, it just encapsulates so much what's wrong. So, from your perspective, mate, what's a, the, the stat that, that just typifies what's wrong with Australian rugby at the moment? Well, Shane Moran um, on Twitter came back to us tonight saying, naught for 15 versus New, New Zealand opposition, full stop, that is all. Mm. If, you, if you want an external benchmark of, of how you're doing um, versus our biggest competitor, there you go. You know, That's I, horrendous, I, isn't it? I don't know. You go past that one. Depending on what Hugh's got, I've got a second one. But I'll, yeah, you go here, mate. What do you got? Oh, see, I liked I liked Russ Petty's, which is the the um yeah, that, was that he one. came on. Uh, the Kerr and Bosch, who I did have to look up. He's the five eight for the Sharks. Nineteen year old rookie. Yep. He scored more points than the Rebels. I, I love that statistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Russ's um, Twitter sign- uh, sign-off used to be horrible punt. Um, I still, I still love that. Um, yeah, or this, or, or uh, yeah, Perth Sharks NRL. So that's interesting Twitter handle. Um, he came back with Rebels minus two hundred and one differential, only one win. No tries in two straight games, and still a chance of qualifying for the finals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but but the comp's not broken. Oh, so Nothing sad. wrong with it. <laughs> what about you, yeah. Rich? What you got? Oh, mate, uh, the the other one was just that. Uh, I think a few people. I think oh, good old mate Brumby Jack, Steve Lenthal. Uh, no Aussie team has got a positive points for and against record at the moment. I think the Brumbies are sitting on neutral at zero, but everyone else is negative. And, and that's just, you know, that's just humiliating. It's just um, a sign of where we are. 
All right. Um, question five. Let's try and get some positivity to end the show. And it's uh, we've gone through. I forget where we've gone. We've done fullback. We've done halfback. We've done hooker. I think we've done six and maybe eight. Um, so we're going to look at the wings for the Wallabies. Uh, Hugh Cavill. Who, who do you think? If you're playing, I guess, what are we, for the June window, so not necessarily this weekend, the June window, um, who would be your wings for the Wallaby team? And well, look, it's a position where we've got a bit of depth, haven't we? We've, yeah, I think we've we spoken do. about this in, the, in our fullback discussion. And if we're saying, oh, Carmichael Hunt gets the fullback spot, which I'm willing to, to, to uh, go along with, even though I think Kirtley Beal might be in the running as well, um, the, the two guys... I'd like to see Dane Hale at Petty. Um, I know he's under a bit of an injury cloud. I've heard a few conflicting reports of when he might be back, but yeah. if he's back, um, I, I'd love to have him on one wing. And the other wing, I'm going to throw a player who I think is probably not in great form at the moment, but I think is genuinely classy, um, is Ralph Allow. I, I think um, he's one of those guys that, um, yeah, look, he, he's not at his peak at the moment, but he rem- I, I think we've got to take a leaf out of the all-black selection playbook um, and pick a guy that's genuinely proven at the top level and uh, steps up in the big games. Uh, and, and that's Israel Folau. And he's super form, a bit like what Conrad Smith or what uh, Ma Nonu would do is, you know, be up and down in super rugby but then grow, grow a foot when they put on an all-black jersey. I feel like Israel Folau... He tailed off a little bit at the end of last season, but his form in the England series was really good. And I looked back, and I think he came fourth in our Player of the Year voting last year. So, look, he's still got the runs on the board at Wallaby level. I've, I've got him on a wing. All right. Um, I, I would also like to uh, follow the um, the sort of guide from the All Blacks, and I'd like to pick a Fiji on the Fijian on the wing. Um, so <laughs> I would be picking... Um, Look, I think Henry Spate's been in fantastic form this year, and I think he would be uh, well worth a Wallaby consideration. I'd have Dane on one wing as well, Hugh. Subject to form, you know, sorry, subject to fitness. I think some people are saying four weeks, some people are saying ten weeks. Um, but Sefanayavalu is the other one who's caught my eye. And maybe there's some defensive frailties there, but he's a, he's a genius in attack, and I think he's looked really good for the Rebels. So I'd love to see him get more uh, game time for the Wallabies. Um, Matt, what about you? Anyone different? Any other thinking? Oh, no, they're, 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 no, look, I agree with everything you guys have said there. I, I actually, though, think while there's a bunch of good players in there, there's not a lot who are actually blowing my mind. Um, uh, Super Sefer, I think, if he was in a different team, we might be, see, be seeing something different yeah. from him. Um, but I'll tell you the guy who opened my eyes on the weekend was this Banks guy. Uh, Banks, yeah, playing for the Brumbies, who I think came down from Brizzy. Is that right, Reg? Yeah, mate. He, yeah, he was. He had a couple of runs for the Reds last year. Had a awesome NRC at fullback for Queensland Country, and got one of the Reds peripheral contracts this year. Right. But then, obviously, a full contract came up for the Brumbies and, and took it. Good for him. Oh, he was electrifying. I mean, you know, he mm. had a couple of fantastic runs. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, just that sort of pace and ability to, to you know, to make yards that. Um, I haven't seen from any uh, of those other wingers um, this season. So, yeah, I thought he stood out. So, uh, clearly a long way off, but I thought, yeah, he really um, he put a marker down, I thought. He's a bit of a Latho-like, mate. He's, uh, he's yeah. socks down. He's a little bit gangly and deceptive speed and got a bit of strength to him. So, it's uh, yeah, I think he's one to watch. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bit cool, away. but he's a, he's a talent. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, yeah, he's a way away. But, so, yeah, probably not a Wallaby this year or maybe any time soon, but I'll be looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, good stuff. All right, lads, let's do a quick go of the um, uh, the tips for this weekend. So as I pull up the right round, just the Aussie games, Rebels v Lions, back in Melbourne, the Rebels are. Um, Hugh, uh, can the Rebels bounce back? Oh, look, they can. I'm not sure what the injury situation is, um, but I, I think the Lions are... A, have probably got a bit of a class edge, and I'm, I'm just not sure of the Rebels and, and their their abilities. It's, it just seems like they're a bit all over the place, so I'm tipping the lines. Yeah, Matt, the same lines by a bit? Yeah. Um, what about the Chiefs versus Reds, Matt? The Reds travelling over the Chiefs. Do you reckon the Reds can turn things around and, uh, and come away from New Plymouth with any sort of respect? Well, look, you know, going with uh, my podcast... Mates, Buddy, yep. and uh, tipping uh, 
you know, format, which has got into the top of the log. <laughs> how, how do you feel about yourself there, Hugh? You're basically <laughs> just anti-Australianness has got yourself to the top of the log. Um, it, it's worked uh, bloody well, though, hasn't it? <laughs> when, when we're not well, seen. <laughs> you call it anti-Australianness. I call it just really shrewd uh, ability to read teams and their abilities. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, yeah, Red's no chance. Alright. <laughs> cool. Um, Waratahs versus Blues. Um, Alright, Matt, I'll stick with you. Do you think the, the Waratahs can back up and win again in uh, Allianz Stadium? Oh, God. <laughs> again, this would be me going against the un-Australian yeah, well, I, yeah, I should have gone to Hugh. Hugh are you yeah. tipping against your Waratahs? Yeah, I know. At least, at least team that up with a chance to, to slap me down when I say I am tipping against the Waratahs, the Blues, yeah, wow. um, as we saw against the Broncos. I mean, look, the, it's rugby doesn't often work this way, but uh, the Brumbies are a better team than the Waratahs. And the Blues pretty pretty well did the Brumbies, I thought. Mm. Uh, the, it was medical. The, the score was close, but, but um, I thought the Blues were, were clearly the better side. So I think, um, judging by those form lines, I've got the Blues to win it pretty comfortably against the Waratahs. It just looked like men against boys, the Blues and the Brumbies. It was... Like, the Blues were just like a... Like, I thought, maybe, am, I, am I watching the TV on the wrong angle or something? Because the Blues just looked like about 30% bigger. Um, every single player against the Brumbies. And then you just saw them running through the middle of the Brumbies. And like a half-time when Stephen Larkin was trying to say, oh, I think we've got them right where we want them, I was like, uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, In the change room. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, look, and but having said all that, I don't know, look... Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be betting it. Would, you know, when you're not 15, would you bet against a... The Kiwi team to lose against a. No, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, well, well, let's just. Wrap. <laughs> it's a good call. Um, but what about this last game, the Sharks versus the Force over at uh, Durban? Uh, tough run for the Force. Still losing players. Benny Daly ruled out, but I think Adam Coleman will tour. Whether he'll play this game, maybe off the bench. But uh, um, what are you tipping here, Hugh? So sorry, the Force are playing who? Sorry, the Sharks. The Sharks. The... Oh yeah, no Sharks. <laughs> Sharks are a good team, actually. They got out, got up yeah. over Jaguares last week in Argentina, and, and um, as I said, yeah, force they've got some guys back, but not enough. So Sharks will get that one. Yeah, tell you what, Jaguars Jaguars are hard to tip this year, but um, anyway, look, look, that'll wrap us up, guys. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, uh, coming on the show, of course, and indulging me on my rant at the top of the uh, top of the hour. There, it was quality, mate. Well done. Good stuff. Um, all right, well, uh, enjoy weekends of rugby, everyone, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Uh, uh, yeah.